0: Clear for takeoff once again. Welcome to Jess the, the Jess podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. And along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, incredibly handsome co host. He's the best dad in the world, none other than Matt Salard, aka Kingsless Liz. Say hello, my friend.
1: What's well, good, man? It's a it's a scramble, but we're uh, maybe a little running late, but we're right on time for uh, delivering take. That's listen. all that matters.
0: We were scheduled for eight o'clock these past two weeks, but we started at 30. so you know we're on time, really, for this week at least. So, um, you know, so it's been uh, it's been yeah a big shout out to the homies in the chat. You know, you guys are always appreciated. Thank you for joining us from the Discord or wherever you may be listening. Uh, maybe you're listening on a on a Wednesday morning, but Uh, A friendly reminder that we are live on Tuesday nights now. This has been a fun experience so far. It's been a fun experiment as well. Uh, What's not a fun experiment, though, Sliz, as we get this ball rolling with the runway rundown. So Dalvin Cook signs on Monday night for a one-year contract can be worth up to $8.6 million. Before we get into the preseason game versus the Panthers, I want to hit this topic hard while it's still fresh and, and so we can cleanse our palate of it. Your thoughts on the signing, and and you know some of the some of the narratives surrounding the signing. What were what, your thoughts? What's going through your mind when you see the money? It's something we were we talked about. Running backs still don't matter. You can see from your your headline here, your your lower third. But some of your thoughts,
1: Liz. Yeah, hey man. I mean, I, I victory lapped way too early. I, I think it was maybe three d- days ago, tweeting out how it's nice that. Jets Twitter as a whole is finally getting on the bandwagon that we don't need Dalvin Cook, that, you know, we don't need a running back, that our running back room was totally fine after that preseason game. Well, I guess not, right? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, it, it's interesting seeing like there's a couple guys out in Jets Twitter space and Jets media that have kind of staked their flag like, hey, I really don't like this move too much. And they're getting burned at the stakes. And- yep i'm I'm one of those guys, right? i'm I'm not in love with this move. It feels like I mean, I think we talked about it maybe in our last episode, like for maybe pushing five million felt like the range and and I get you're you're looking to upgrade your r b two spot, but it's like, man, off the back of all our running backs looking decent, right? And, and just knowing we're going to have to cut one of them, which at the end of the day, if you cut a Michael Carter or, or cut a bam Knight, isn't the end of the world, but man, that price tag is really hard to swallow. And and there's, I mean, there's so many narratives you, you see out there and fuzzy, fuzzy stoner from uh, both Reddit and discord kind of threw out a punch list of things, right? You hear, Oh, well, it's not my money. I, I, who, why do I care what they spend on? It's like, man, this isn't the NBA. This isn't baseball. Right. It, if i if I'm a I'm a Mets fan Steve Cohen yeah burn as much money as you want I don't care right it's a, Non-cap hard cap Non-cap yeah, it's a hard cap league it matters how much you spend on certain acquisitions right and and in general we have not gotten guys on a discount we have not gotten ring chasers on a discount like like you expect to get we've been paying premium and and I'd call this a premium plus type contract right we're paying him almost as much as he was going to make in minnesota before he got cut he was was due to make 10 million we're going to pay him up to 8.6 right right top top 10 running back apy this year by the way wow um so like the not my money thing it's just a wrong way to think about it rogers taking a pay cut it's true he took a pay cut for in a significant pay cut that wasn't expected, but that was also something. I I don't think this is connected to that at all. Like, first off, the the pay cut was largely on future dollars in future years, right? And and the cap does roll over from year to year too, right? Like that's what, and, and that's another point. Oh, it's 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 just money this year. It's like well, overpaying it's money. Not this just money this year, right? Is inherently less money next year, right? right. Because money not spent would roll in, right? But Man, like
0: I know it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, it, it's funny, Sliz. You know, for, for me, I know you got a few more points here, but No, you're good. So, so I look at this and I'm like, what makes it worse in, in two parts is number one, Brees Hall was activated from Publis on August fifteenth. Today. Today. Yeah. As we record. Well, Wednesday morning for the Wednesday and, and on listeners. But you know, 12 hours after they signed Dalvin Cook. Brees hall seemingly good to go and ramping up right mm-hmm. so all of the talk of well maybe Brees isn't ready well you know to be fair maybe he won't be carrying the rock 30 times in week one but it just doesn't make sense like it, it, there wasn't a rush to make this move because you had three guys in front of Brees in the room already
1: on rookie hey, deals hey joe you know who else isn't ready to play Dalvin, Dalvin cook. cook
0: that's the and that's the second part of this of, of what this makes no sense is that Dalvin cook had shoulder surgery which is his shoulder is essentially well-made brisket from a good barbecue place at this point yeah. you those, well, those look up,
1: I think it's draft sharks if you go like if you just search Dalvin cook yeah. injury history or whatever draft sharks puts it puts together like injury history on mm-hmm. every every fantasy relevant player right which which running basically any offensive player right dude, between his two shoulders, I'm surprised he can even lift his arms above his head, right. man. He's had so many injuries.
0: Yep. Yeah, and it's funny. You ever you ever see those like Instagram reels of like barbecue masters making brisket and they got the knife and then they're like gonna cut it, but then they stop and they just like grab the brisket and it falls apart in their hands instead? Yep. That's Dalvin Cook's shoulder right now. So it's yeah. like I I just like listen one year it's a one year deal. I just don't I don't like there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, except in a Super Bowl year. And I understand the trade deadline in the NFL isn't quite what it's made out to be, right? But you also should keep yourself flexible and not make a move like this before the season starts, unless it's for an offensive lineman, unless it's to shore up a tackle. But So it doesn't make sense to me why you would do this now. And is Dalvin Cook a good player? Reputation, yes. He's going to be 28, though. And we know what happens to running backs on second contracts or, you know, I want to say 28 is the year where they really start to decline. So why? I I think that's just what I keep coming back to is why, and And why at that price point, why would Douglas bid against himself to make this move?
1: And you see it, you see it all over Twitter, right? Um, Pick your, pick your favorite analytic Twitter guy, right? Every single dude has tweets out right now about showing his decline year over year, whether it's, whether it's, like, advanced metrics, like rushing yards over expected, expected, whether it's EPA, expected points added, or whether it's just, like, bare bones, yards per touch, just Mm -hmm. eye test, visual, right? Like, running backs decline over time. That's why the running back market has been totally crushed this past year. And this dude is on the tail end of that. There's a reason the Vikings cut him. There's a reason why dudes like even Saquon Barkley are having and jo- Josh Jacobs, who are, are still in that prime window, are having trouble getting paid these these big contracts because these guys fall off. And right. I think Dalvin Cook, and and I know Nania has it in a couple different spots, right? Michael Nania, shout out. Um, Our favorite. Absolutely. But he's shown, every every stat under the sun shows that Dalvin Cook had a really bad year. And, and guess what? And People don't want to hear this. Our offensive line is worse than Minnesota's was. Yep. And and running back efficiency, running back productivity is largely tied to your offensive line, and mm-hmm. it's just the reality of it, right? And yards yards
0: yards per touch last year. Let me just catch you all. Yard, yeah, yards per you. touch, four point eight yards per touch, down from four point nine the year before, down from five point four, down from five point five. I mean that's what you're paying for. I just, I don't get it. Listen, maybe, maybe we're thinking about this a bit too much. Maybe, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that like, okay, running backs aren't getting paid this off season. And then the jets and Joe Douglas turn around and pay one when the market for Dalvin cook wasn't particularly hot to begin with.
1: Right. And I I think
0: that's what gets me too. Is like, it, it, why would you bid against yourself because okay Miami was a looming threat or wherever I don't care about Miami I'm like you know take your running back like it, it means nothing to me ultimately like you think I'm sweating that Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots like and and another point is um, DeAndre Swift signed with the Eagles and like you almost feel like that's a deal you would make over a Dalvin Cook trip I just all of it man um, it's one move like I don't want to oversell it because I don't think it's the end of the world but it's a move that to me is is like a luxury move when you really didn't have to make a luxury move and you could have saved that money it's just I i don't get it it just it's weird weird move to me and and the thing is i thought for sure that we were moving away from cook because like the last like week or two like yeah he was at camp he was at jets practice and and sala said Oh well, he made a believer out of me, and like that really said to me, like, oh well, maybe they aren't as high on Dalvin Cook as Dalvin Cook is high on getting paid. But then, you know, a week later, he's here. So
1: yeah, we we're both high on him and paid him. But yeah, I mean, you brought up there. There were other running back. Like if we wanted to augment this room with a veteran, there were running backs to be had. Uh, Rashad Penny, he he basically took a vetman contract. You mentioned DeAndre Swift, which was a future fourth rounder. But he's a much younger guy, probably untapped potential. Miles Sanders, even and granted that was a longer deal with 13 million guaranteed, but that that was six million per year, right? At two million, at two years, 13 million. We're basically in the same ballpark, right? And you're getting a guy that'll be here more than one year and, and probably has more juice than Dalvin has at this point. If if you wanted a, a maybe older vet, Deontay Foreman just had a good year in Carolina. You got paid two million, right? Um, I don't know if it was – I mean, I, I don't think it had anything to do with Zeke Elliott signing to New England. I think that kind of probably was predicated on us being like moving forward with Alvin Cook, but that number came in higher than I expected to. And it, it just feels like our, our all-in push, and we'll get into the all-in push later, but it's just felt like it's been a little disjointed or a little –
0: not quite underwhelming,
1: all in. underwhelming. In underwhelming is probably good right? yeah. Where it's like, man, we've you know, you hear you ch- tune into Good Morning Football, you tune into ESPN. It's like, oh, Jets got a dream team. You have Sean Payton throwing out his comments, like, uh, you know, th- they're winning the off season. It's like, man, what sh- what exactly outside of the Rogers trade, we really haven't like made big splash moves, right?
0: Like, but, what about this? Is all like the Rogers trade was like your all in move if you want to go there, right? But right this is a conversation I was having with a couple of my cousins over the last days. Like they're talking about cutting Corey Davis or like, you know, Corey Davis salary is, you know that, well, there's your offensive lineman. Right. But like, if you cut Corey Davis, your room is Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard and me Hardman. And Garrett Wilson, we all agree is, is a superstar in the making. I don't think that's a stretch. Alan Lazard is a fine. Number two he's got chemistry with Rogers. He knows the system. Okay. Whatever. Like he's not exciting. Nicole Hardman's a fine gadget player. He's your speed, your speed threat. Like he's your guy. That's going to be your gadget guy. Pretty hurt all the time. Like that's not an exciting room, man. Like it's just not. (laughs) I mean, and, and you look around, it's like, yes, the tight ends will probably be heavily involved this year. Tyler Conklin. I'm expecting big things from him this year. Jeremy Rucker. We already know. Hopefully he's not hurt too bad, but like, what about this team is is super team it's it's not it's super team on name recognition it's super team on aaron rodgers being your quarterback it's not super team in top to bottom talent at least not on the offensive side of the ball so right. i don't and, and get it
1: and that's the struggle right like you would think you would have to think our front office knew that Rogers' pay cut was coming, right? That was already yes. baked into the equation. I think you kind of saw that with just how we were spending money and how we were pushing future money,
0: right, through, right,
1: right. And you look at contracts handed out throughout the year. You just look at guys that change team, like a TJ Edwards, right? He went, he, he basically got the same amount of money Quincy Williams got at linebacker, playing for the, going from the Eagles to the Bears. That's an addition where it's like, man, why don't we make a guy. Signing like that, where you're adding a veteran presence, a a big upgrade, not just a razor-thin marginal upgrade, for less than what we just paid Dalvin. Right? These are all moves that we could have made earlier in the off-season. Do you maybe close the gap and get an Orlando Brown or any of the any of the tackles that changed teams? There there were three or four big tackles that changed teams: McGlinchey, Orlando Brown, um, Jawan Taylor. He went to the Chiefs. Um, and then there are guys that stayed on their same team, right? That it's like, man, looking at the tackle room now. Yeah. We probably should have done something early in the season. If we were three, 4 million apart, it's like, man, this money we just spent could have been that three, 4 million even, and I didn't want OBJ. I didn't really want Deandre Hopkins, but those are two, you were just talking our wide receiver room. Okay. If you want to upgrade Corey wide receiver two, is an impactful position to upgrade or wide receiver three? Like we're in 11 personnel league. Getting your second and third wide receiver as big boosts is substantial. Closing the gap on that, overpaying OBJ to, and paying him what Baltimore paid him feels better than paying Dalvin Cook what we just paid him, right? right. Like I'd rather OBJ and, and and then you get the offset of cutting Corey Davis if you wanted to as well, right? Right. But like I'd rather pay OG, OBJ and bring in Deontay Foreman than do what we just did, right? So,
0: you know, Sim Sema brings up a, an interesting point in the chat that's interesting, but I'd say a little flawed. Once Roger said two years, my stress, he's playing two years. My stress about the all in one year push went down, make the playoffs this year and still have another shot next year. The problem with that is you're essentially going to have to retool some spots next year anyway, and you're going to have to figure out offensive tackle again, and you're going to have to figure out wide receiver. I mean, after um, Alan Lazard, you're going to have to figure that out again. So it's not exactly like, A matter of okay well you know yes on the defensive side of the ball they're young and they're loaded expecting jermaine johnson to take a step and maybe will mcdonald is good but carl austin is gone right um john franklin myers is probably gone so like you're you're gonna have to figure things out around rogers anyway and there's still the chance that rogers wakes up one day in february and says you know what? I I really like that darkness retreat and that was a good time. Maybe I'm just going to hang out in there for the rest of my life. Like there's a chance, you know, you never know, you know, he said multiple times it's about how his body feels. So you can't look to 2024 and say, okay, well, he's having fun this year and hopefully he's back next year. And to add on top of it, there's also the threat of a decline, right? Like we don't, we don't know what Rogers is going to be this year, period. We all acknowledge that he had a down year, at least statistically last year. Some of that was because of the, the wide receivers he was throwing to. Some of that was probably just because of the motivation wasn't there because he doesn't like Green Bay anymore. But we don't know what he's going to be this year at 39 years old, 40 years old later in the season. Like, we just don't. And And I think he's going to be good. Everybody says he's good. Practice, he's good. But he's also had injury concerns. He's an aging guy. He's playing behind an offensive line at the tackle spot that's not great. So, I mean, who knows, man? I, who knows? So, um, I, I don't know. It's it's all, it's it's. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here as we get closer to the season. So, and,
1: and that's where, and, and I know we're just ranting on this all-in push, but <laughs> it, it feels that's where it feels disjointed because I do agree. Like to me, the two-year window alleviates like having to get it right, but it's also just where it's like. We drafted with the two to three year window in mind and kind of sustained success Some of our signings were more along that nature, but then you get some that are kind of the all-in push nature, like this Dalvin Cook signing. Um, like just how our tackle room is built in general. It it, it makes it tough where it. it's like, you know, if we were if we were in operating on that true two-year window, it just makes sponging up all this 8 million 8.6 million that you could have rolled over the majority of it into next year and made an impact impact signing next year it, it makes it that much tougher to swallow to offset and mitigate some of the things you alluded to because yeah we have we have no tackles under contract other than max mitchell and carter warren right And <laughs> i don't think that's going to age very well we don't have a, a we, we have a couple turnover at key points and some of that we have pipeline built in with a joe tipman with a will Will McDonald, but you you have Huff and Lawson free agents. I don't expect Huff to be back. I don't think he he would want to be back because we we've demoted him to bottom of the edge death room two years in a row now, after good product production. So and yeah, like you said, the biggest thing is you you just don't know when the quarterback will fall off a cliff, which. You saw, granted, Peyton was the, the, the extreme, extreme end of that, but it, it happened a little bit with Brady last year, right, yep. where you saw when, once that offensive line deteriorated a little bit, they had an injury to Jensen. They had um, Donovan Smith regressed a little bit. His right guard uh, retired. There's turnover there. Wurfs was still a stud, but, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to sustain success yep. at that high, high level.
0: We'll get more into the the all in push in a little bit in uh, in our Discord segment, but before we move on to the preseason game, I do want to give a, a big shout out to Struggle Too Real on Reddit. Uh, he's been holding it down for us on the Jets subreddit. That's kind of where my my Jets Discord legacy began on the Jets subreddit when I was still covering Jets camp out there. But he's been a big fan of of our podcast, and so we we appreciate him. And we appreciate everybody who listens. So shout out to Struggle Too Real. Thank you for holding it down for us and. Uh, we're glad that you're a part of uh, our little corner of Jets heaven or hell, depending on the day. Uh, so Sliz, let's move on to, to the preseason preseason matchup versus the Panthers, a drubbing. I think that's fair to say it was a drubbing.
1: Feels, Any thoughts feels to be you? good. It fe- feels good to be on that side of it. Right. It felt like a regular season Jets game where we're on the 0 side. <laughs> that's yep. what it felt like.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, I want to start with the defensive line these guys were good and you know i wish i kind of wish jermaine johnson would stop with the spin moves but you know it kind of worked you know it didn't work because he got by the tackle it worked because the tackle got so freaking confused (laughs) and he started stumbling backwards he's like oh my god i don't know what to do with my hands and and jermaine got got the pressure in the sack off of that but any thoughts from from this preseason preseason win, Sliz? It, it was a pretty dominant, uh, pretty dominant win in, in all facets. I'd like to think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there, there's the obvious stuff, right? Our edge room stacked, and and you'd hope with the investment we have there that it is, right? Yeah. And and it looks like we're gonna have three layers of horses deep, and we're gonna be coming at guys all game, right? What that that's awesome. The young guys have some juice they have some moves jermaine does look developed over last year in terms of just how he's approaching his pass rush reps which is a positive um outside of that like there there's not a ton to ton to take away i think you you can take away um flip into the offensive side of the ball i thought it was nice seeing us do things in the red zone in terms of still basic pretty basic personnel but Pretty much all three t- all three touchdowns were to tight ends that streaked wide open, right? On misdirection, leaking across against the grain on the formation, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that bodes well for you know when we brought in Hackett, his whole thing was yeah, ignore the Denver Denver thing entirely. He was the guy credited in Green Bay for his red zone packages and a lot of their efficiency in the red zone and converting touchdowns. And you 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 kind of saw a little bit of that at all three layers, right? With with didn't matter who was at quarterback, who was at the skill positions. We're we're manufacturing wide open tight ends for really tosses and free touchdowns, which that's nice to see, right? Um, you hope we're down there a lot more this year with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback than we've been in years past. So. I'd like to think so. Get, getting down there is step one, and then once you're there, converting, getting getting seven and not three is that that's how teams win football games. So that was good to see. And then just in terms of offensive line, and it was good seeing Makai take a big step forward. Right? It's funny how much cha- can change over the course of a week in training camp. Um, Tipman continued to look good, but the big story was Makai playing really more snaps than I think anyone, and even Sala said more than he was anticipating. And he wanted to um, play
0: more, according to Sala.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Once they went into halftime, I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that's it for Makai. That was a, you know, that was a good show. And then he came back out at half and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. I know obviously he's going to have the big low light of the sack, which. Yeah. You know,
0: I don't think that was on him.
1: I'm, i wrong. I've been trying to watch to almost kind of put the, put the nail in the coffin on Makai. Tristan Cologne is not. That good. was a bad oh, rep. On no, that was, is, that was bad. He is not good at all. It, that particular play, you see the linebacker kind of shade over the edge. Mackay thinks he has the the linebacker, so then Cologne naturally would have to shift over and get the edge. The linebacker bails out. That that's part of part of just the lack of cohesion on the line, not having the communication down. It's hard to really know who who screwed it up, right? right. It's easy to blame Mackay. It, it clearly makes a low light when him and Tipman or him and Cologne, whoever it was, were blocking each other instead of the, yep. <laughs> the free rusher down the middle. But yeah, all in all, I mean, he's dominant as a run blocker. He, he was collapsing that side, and and that's what you'd expect. So really, he just needs to keep stringing it together. Got a got a couple first team reps after Max Mitchell had a little back issue in, in practice here on Tuesday. So he just needs to keep building.
0: Uh question here from Spencer. Uh, any roster bubble guys stick out to you, positive or negatively, over the past two preseason games? Um, let's see. I, I I won't say I'm not sure if he's a roster bubble guy. I'd, I'd assume he is, but Zaire Barnes hasn't looked half bad. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's making a decent he's he's making a decent run of his snaps. You know, later in games, he's been around the ball a lot, so he's been an imp- I don't want to say impressive, but he's been noticeable. At least. And and I think that's a good thing. That's without looking at his numbers. I'm sure PFF thinks he sucks or whatever, but, um, he, you know, Sal has kind of always developed that reputation for being able to develop linebackers, right? So if they can get a guy who's even a depth piece with our pretty depleted linebacker core, I think that that's, that's a, that's a good thing. Ultimately, right. For, for a late, for a day three pick too. So uh, Zaire Barms has, has kind of stuck out to me. He looks fast. He looks like he's usually around the ball and that's, that's a positive. Anybody stick out to useless?
1: Yeah, it's weird, and and we've been trying to do the roster math a little bit. Um, I know, p- shout out Prime Numbers put together, kind of his initial first blush 53 now that we have Cook, and it's weird, like, there's a lot of guys on the bubble, but there's not really a bunch of – there's not that many spots for them, if that makes sense. We have, like, right. two or three spots maybe for grabs, but even then there's kind of an o- obvious pencil in. Uh, a lot of it really depends on are we going to carry three quarterbacks – are we going to carry six wide receivers? What are we doing with the running back room? Are we carrying Nick Bauden as a fullback on top of it? Um, I, I thought Kenny Yeboah has continued to look good a, as that tight end four type option, and, and he's been a core special teamer for us the past couple of years. And then on top of that, um, probably the, the one guy is uh, Gibson, who's been on partner duty. Uh-huh. It feels like if we're going to carry a sixth, He's the lock, and and special teams is how those belt guys make their rosters, right? Right. You need. I, I wish you we got to do cut, some extra. Yeah, I, I wish we would cut Justin Hardy because I think we have plenty of guys that can play Gunner while offering more elsewhere. But clearly, we're not. We've been holding them out uh, of games. Um, so I, I think Gibson's the dude that just on his couple punt return touches, he's he's done well with it, and we need someone to do that. So yep.
0: All right, so the last thing I want to touch on before we move on to the Top Gun.
1: Any thoughts on Zach? Because
0: he looked, in a word, competent. And it was nice to see, right? Like, the one thing we've always begged from Zach, like from from last year to year before, dude, just play within the offense. You know, I sent you a message. I sent you a message during the game. It's like, man, Michael Floor really was a disaster, huh? if he couldn't get through to Zach, but seemingly, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rogers has a lot to say. And, and, Nathaniel Hackett, I think he deserves some credit too, but he, he was hitting the layups 14 of 20, 123 yards, a touchdown was, was hitting the easy stuff. A couple drops, a couple misses, but like overall a solid day for him. That's encouraging stuff you want to see from your QB too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to complain too much, right? There were, there's still one or two Z throws that's like yeah he's still zach wilson right where i know one was the the out route when we we're going left to right kind of down near the red zone where he just like sailed it out of bounds I was like dude what was that and he had one i think p there was one people were nitpicking a little too much when he was throwing kind of the dump off to the flat he went to throw it there was an arm in his face oh yeah, yeah so yeah. he kind of changes the arm the angle yeah those those happen even even the mahomes and Herberts of the the world missed the miss the little dunk passes sometimes so right. that one I, i'm not sweating that too much uh, i thought on the touchdown throw you kind of saw the good and the bad right i think you've seen progress like in his play action and how he carries through the play action fake and sells it but then you kind of saw and and you saw him just, hey, I, I have the arm strength. I can just get it there. And he does kind of like the the half jump fade away flutter thing instead yeah. of just like stepping through and delivering it, which the guy's open. He's just, he's just trying to get it there. I get it. But it's like, man, the, the, <laughs> it's the good and the bad. Like, okay, he's developing with his footwork, with PA fix. But then you also see it just kind of fall apart. That's another one you can't sweat too much, but you want to just see that progress more and more.
0: Yeah, he missed. He, I know there was one throw that he missed. That was, I don't know who was too. I want to say Lazard. Did Lazard playing? I don't remember. But he it was a it was a throw to his to his left. It was an out route, and he, it was about ten yards over his head. But like the timing didn't seem right, so I'm not sure. You know, again, we can nitpick the tape. It's preseason. But the encouraging thing is that I I said it in, in the first uh, the first. <laughs> we'll get to the chat in a second. I said it in the first preseason game, you know. I think you see the footwork, the footwork looks better. The mechanics look better. Right. And that's what you want to see. Step one, because we said, we said it last year, his base gets too wide. He throws with too much arm, not enough, not enough lower half, but there's small steps, small steps. So um, we'll see, man. I mean, listen, that's what you want from your quarterback too. I think the expectations for Zach are, I mean, listen. That's that's a low bar, right? That is the bar is on the ground when it comes to Zach Wilson now. So it's nice to see him take take a few steps forward, and that's that's uh, very much very much good to see. So I'm gonna throw this up on the on the screen real quick. JB shouted out Prime World Peace has been achieved. I mean, I don't know. I don't listen, man. I have no problem with Prime. I've said it a million times. I don't know. You know? I mean, I, I said one stupid thing like four years ago, and all of a sudden it's like. I hate Prime. I don't hate Prime. It just gets on my nerves sometimes. I think that's that's the same with everyone. But uh, yeah, I'm fine with I'm fine with Prime. All things considered. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. So, is there any other any other uh, final thoughts on on the preseason game before we move
1: on? We're on the Tampa baby. No, I I think that you you want to see us fall into an offensive line, right? And I know that's kind of been the discussion of the week, where you had the the AVT news come out, where he's been nursing an ankle injury I guess for a while and so they've been wanting to give him some time off here so he missed the preseason game, he's missed practice to start the week. Um probably I'd assume doesn't play in the joint practice with Tampa, maybe hopefully we see him in the the preseason game against Tampa where preseason 2 feels like. And and this is preseason game 2 for the rest of the league, right? It's the just third preseason game, but that's been the kind of the new dress rehearsal game so to speak, granted Rodgers isn't going to play, but it's like we, we got to figure out what our starting combination is, right? You read the camp tweets, the camp reports. We have like 50 different combinations. We had Tippman first team with Switzer playing right guard. I guess we're alternating Tippman and McGovern now. The the right tackle versus left tackle. You had Billy Turner at right tackle today. Mitchell starting at left tackle. So it's like, man, we got to settle into something here. Yep. They, they said they already wanted to have their best five sorted and word. And Clearly not there yet.
0: I, I think the cope for that is, and I think Salah or, or Hackett said it recently, you know, they, they want they want to be able to, you know, if something if if it hits the fan during the regular season, they want to have guys who are capable of shifting around, right? I'd rather just have five guys who are good at their job. You know, that's just me. You know, I, I don't want to go and we're going into the regular season not knowing what's coming or going, man. And yeah. that's bad news. I mean, the interior is The interior is good because it's not a a matter of, like, you know, AVT is going to be – if he's healthy, he's going to be your right guard. McGovern will be your starting center. Lakin's going to be your left guard. Like, we know that already, which is which is good. It's not a matter of, man, these guys all suck, and we got to figure out who we're throwing where, right? It's the tackle spot. It's it's always been the tackle spot. It's always been there. So, we'll see. We'll see. But hopefully we had answers sooner rather than later. But we have plenty of answers, Sliz, along the defensive line, it seems – and that's why this, this week's top gun goes to the defensive line. They, they showed out versus Tampa uh, versus uh, Carolina, excuse me. Nothing more to be said, you know, the, the, again, Jermaine Johnson, you mentioned it. He's looked sharp. Well, McDonald, he's living up to being an Iowa state cyclone. He's spinning out of his boots, all of these spin moves during the preseason, man. He, he looks, he looks pretty good. You know, he's a freak. He's needs to put on weight He needs to get better against the run. But if he's just in there to be a dog and get after the passer, I mean, everybody is pretty much played up to snuff. And we haven't even seen the, the full complement of rushers, right? You haven't seen Carl Lawson, his second year removed from his Achilles. You haven't seen the full first unit. So
1: I haven't seen Quentin Williams trending right? up, Which, trending up. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you saw, you said Solomon Thomas get in on the action. You saw Quentin Jefferson get in on the action too. Mm-hmm. Both those guys re- registered a stack. Granted. Pretty sure, Joe, that you could have gotten that sack that solly got. Where it, it looked again, where I was talking, it, it was like inverse. Where we were finally on the other side of one of these beatdowns where we ran a stunt where our, our DN goes inside, Solomon Thomas goes outside. Like they just didn't block him, man. Mm. he just like
0: ran straight in you and take get, him. You, get you free take sack. You take him. You take but, him.
1: Man. Yeah. I. I mean, defensive line. It. We have invested into that unit to be the strength of our team to connect with the back end with, with our cornerback room and rec games. So yep. the fact we're getting home, the fact we're beating up on second string, third string guys, that's awesome. That's what it's you want to see. Right. The, the uh, fact that we're making Frank Reich call team meetings and all that with his offensive <laughs> unit. Thing. It was
0: like full panic mode after that <laughs> yeah. game too. I forget yeah. who it was. I think it was a camera or
1: yep. I forget somebody was like, We
0: need to get our our stuff together and we gotta figure it out quick. I'm like Oh well, good. We're putting the fear of God in these teams already. That's uh, yeah, that's
1: yeah, good. yeah. That 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 dude got beat by JJ on the the spin move and decided, <laughs> man, it's time. It's time we need to have a come to Jesus moment.
0: <laughs> All right, before we move on, Sliz, I, I'm I, I we have a few comments in the chat regarding your your attire because, as mentioned, we are live, so people do have the opportunity to see to see Sliz and myself. Obviously, like, see, I, I got the I got the legacy jersey. I got the. I got the Sauce Legacy jersey. It's not sketch, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, so we got EE e. saying, hey, love the Sammy Dimes jersey, Sliz. So you got a compliment there. But then we got another one. Foods better get this portrait <laughs> of New Jersey. I mean, I'm I'm inclined to agree. It's True. time to let go. It's time to let go. You're being very Ant. I'm uh... very Ant Rob. You know what I mean?
1: If Garrett didn't say he was changing his number, I'd probably have a Garrett jersey right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting I'm waiting for the G five. It's Sam Sammy looked pretty good in San Fran though don't over start. the weekend. He looked all right. He looked, all right. he looked all right. He looked better than uh Trey Lance.
0: Remember, the Jets could have had a first round pick for Sam Darnold, according to some reports. So it is what it is. And I still don't know what believe that or not. Hey, but.
1: Do we trade for Aaron Rodgers if we hashtag stick with Sam? Are are we making the playoffs organically right now?
0: Cut it out. Oh, yeah. All right. So, onto listen. The much ado has been made about this year's all-in push, and we spoke about it a bit on the Runway Rundown. But um, there's there's a lot happening here, right? A lot of people have compared the 2023 New York Jets to the 2020 Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, the, the Tom Brady team. Prime put together a pretty unfavorable I, I, I guess would I would say uh view of the the comparisons between the two but you you talked through it with me again and we went position by position we broke it down. Which hired gun team if you want to go that route looks better, right I just I don't know how to how to break this down. I think before you get into it, the one thing I want to say is I feel like the potential for the Jets on offense is sky high. Because, you know, you have Rodgers and you have Garrett Wilson and you have, you know, Lazard is, again, he's not a great, he's not a world beating tight end, or sorry, wide receiver, but he has got the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. So you don't have to worry about that. You have the Tyler Conklin, you have Jeremy Ruckert, and you have CJ Uzama, who I think those three could be good with Rodgers, but you break it down piece by piece. The offensive line is better, period, I think defensively, there's a lot of question marks that could go both ways. So I think you look at this and I'm like, well, the potential is certainly there for the jets. But when, as far as track records and, and reputation go, it it certainly goes to the Buccaneers, but your thoughts on the discussion of the all in moves between the two all in teams.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll say first, right. We didn't get the same discount that Tampa got with Brady going there. Right. Brady took a below market deal. He brought he Brady's buddies are better than Rogers buddies, right? So when when you think of Gronk, uh, being kind of the cornerstone there, but I mean the so I I, I took Prime's chart. I thought his was maybe a little heavy handed, and, and redid it. That's what's kind of showing up on the left there, and and kind of you you can go position by position, right? We especially with Cook now, I think our running back room is is certainly a lot better than Leonard Fournette and and Ronald Jones was that year. Um, I know the Antonio Brown is a, a sticking point as we discussed it in, in discord, but it's like, you have to evaluate this going into the season too, right? This, this was the roster they built going into the season. Yeah. Antonio Brown won a wall mid-year. So it's, yeah, probably our wide receiver two or wide receiver three and four are probably better than the Antonio Brownless Tampa Bay that year. But, but you called it out. The biggest difference. Is really that offensive line and them having a bunch of studs and us not <laughs> for <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? And and it's funny, right? You think about who Tampa beat in that Super Bowl. They beat the Chiefs, who had injured tackles, and that was the run for your life. Mahomes doing you know parallel to the ground throws because he's getting absolutely ob- obliterated by edge rushers. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals uh, against the Rams and their t- their tackle room, right? Like tackles in playoff games make big impacts, right? I think on the defense, it, it balance out, balances out pretty pretty well across the board. I think I have Quinnen over Vita Vail. The Vita Vail is a stud in his own right. I think I think they're they're probably a little top heavier across the board, and I do think we have a little bit more depth on them. when you look at an edge position, when you look at a wide receiver position, even, I guess, tight end maybe to a degree, although Gronk is by far the best one in the room, and Cameron Brait wasn't a scrub either. Right? He was he's perfectly competent tight end, too. So kind of top to bottom, it's like when you look at it, when you really stack it up, it's like, yeah, that Tampa Bay roster had more juice, and a lot of it was in the offensive trench.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I do think that this defense could be something special this year. And listen, a lot of it hinges on what Jermaine Johnson is, period. And a lot of it hinges on if Carl Lawson is, is going to be that guy two years removed. And Carl Lawson has never been a big sack guy. He's always been a big pressure guy. We all know that. The analytics love him. But, you know, maybe I'm a little old school. Maybe I'm a little stupid when I say this, Liz. But I'd like to see a quarterback sacked, like period. I, I understand that a passer, passer rating drops 30 points when – when a quarterback is pressured, I understand that, but it drops to zero when he's sacked, you know? So it's like, again, maybe that's stupid of me to say, maybe that's too old school for me to say, but I want to see them put the quarterback on the ground this year. I I think they're going to do it for what it's worth, but, um, the pressure, the pressure is simply not enough. The pressure is not enough. They got to, they got to get home this year and and hurt guys. Like not, not maliciously, but they got to hurt. We saw it with, with taking out, um, Teddy Bridgewater and the dolphins game, right? Like you, oh, you want to yeah. hurt guys. So, so it's, that's a big part of it too. Is you got to get home.
1: Yeah, and, and so you see Milan's comment down the, down the bottom there. And I want to, <laughs> I want to point out a couple things here. Um, so, so, you know, a little sarcastically, we're, we're just like the Tampa Bay bucks, except with the worst defense, worst tackles, worst guard, worst center, worst QB, worst players, <laughs> leaders, and worst coach. Right? So a little bit, a little bit hyperbolic, but I think the last part of that is is big, right? I our coaching staff is unproven relative to some of these these staffs of previous, right? Certainly not no Andy Reid, certainly not a Bill Belichick at, at head coach. Um, Bruce Arians, I'd give the edge to him certainly over Sala. And and what what wasn't listed there? The AFC this year is way, way tougher than the NFC was the year that yes. that Tom Brady roster made it, and I think that Tom Correct. Brady roster was ten and six, right when, when uh in the regular season. So, uh, AFC is tough, man. <laughs> we, yep. I, I, we've heard it all off season. That's where all the good quarterbacks are. Quarterbacks, yeah. That's where all the talent is. You know, even within our own division, it's been kind of an arms race of. of us Miami and the Bills all loading up, trying to really make the push. Um, yeah, it, the conference is going to be tough.
0: Uh, bot Lane, do you got to give credit? Woody is going all in. I'm not
1: Woody. Woody is going. On. He's he's maybe pushing a little too many buttons, but I'm I, I'm not. Sure. I'm just Woody's all in, baby. In.
0: Yeah. All right. All right, Bot. Thanks for that. Uh, Meat <laughs> pie. We go all in with no offensive tackles. It's yeah. I mean, we have plenty. We have depth slows, We have depth. We have depth and and the other, like we we have so much depth. Listen, I said it on the podcast last week. It does not depth doesn't matter when the guys suck just because their names you recognize doesn't mean that it's good depth. Like, I don't understand. And and the other part of it is how many teams have good offensive lines in football? Like good offensive lines, right? And I understand like building offensive line isn't as simple as like, oh, we draft a guy, you plug him and play. I, I understand that, but the idea that we have like quality depth. No, we we don't like <laughs> Max Mitchell sucks. Like Mekhi Beckton is another knee injury away from his career being over. like, I don't understand why people keep hammering this depth thing. Dwayne Brown. We haven't seen him yet <laughs> in preseason and he's 137 years old. So like, listen, man, I, I again, I throw my hands up because I'm like, I, I hear this depth conversation. I'm like, I don't, I don't see what these people were seeing. I, I just don't understand. So, uh, small chimp overpaying speaking of Dwayne Brown, overpaying Dwayne Brown going into year two of a quarterback because Beckton blew up in our phases is different than overpaying in an all in year.
1: Yeah, and, and that one just really speaks to kind of the disjointed strategy a little bit, right? Maybe the lack of foresight specifically at tackle and just how it's like, we're, we're, we've kind of gone into this off season with our hands shackled a little bit and we cleared, we cleared a lot of cap space, but our hands are shackled a little bit because we went so hard in, in 2021 surrounding Zach with as many pieces as possible, overpaying probably for like a CJ Uzama, and Tomlinson, etc. Now we're kind of stuck foot in the bill. It's like, those are guys you're not really going to tangibly upgrade, but they're not guys where you're really hanging your hat on those guys being on your roster right now, either. Right. They're just, they're there and we're paying them probably more than we should be. And, those are dollars that could have gone to a tackle upgrade, could have gone to a significant wide receiver too, could have gone to X, Y, Z, right? And, and yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. So I don't know. I, and, and the other part of the conversation that people have been having is, is, is the discussion about the 2021 Rams, which to be honest, I, I thought that maybe this team was a little bit more parallel to that, but you disagree. And why do you feel that way?
1: So, I honest, I like our roster construction much better than the Rams. I I think and and I think it's understood, but it's still un undersold how much luck actually plays into who wins the Super Bowl, who makes playoff runs, what teams are really peaking at the right time. You look at and, and that that year was. You know, we heard Bengals model all of of the 2022 offseason, right? And and those two teams, the Bengals and the Rams, had remarkable health all year, right? And so I threw the roster up there, yet Daryl Henderson and Robert Woods on offense were the only two guys that significantly missed any time, and you had Cam Akers in the wing for Henderson, and then you instantly replace Robert Woods with a pro bowl wide receiver and OBJ for absolutely nothing. Right. Like the most fluke fall out of the sky. Like you, you probably got an upgrade there midseason out of nowhere without even really giving up anything. Um, and then they trade for Von Miller. So they had a good deadline, but it's like, man, they were, they were very much stars and scrubs and every single one of their stars not only stayed healthy, but performed at or above expectation. So it's, I, I don't think that Rams model is sustainable, you know, and, and I've been very vocal and on record. I, I think that strategy is not good. F think, them picks. I think they had a stars align moment in a week NFC with a ton of health and it, it worked. So you'll everyone will say it it works. So it doesn't matter. But man, the, the Rams are going to be bad for a couple years, right? Like bad. And yeah, they won the ring. So it, it doesn't matter, but it's, it took a lot of things bounce in the right way and the Bengals are the same way right I think the Bengals missed like two combined games from all their skill position players and that was like one from T Higgins and half a game from Joe Mixon right so it's like luck injury luck injury that that pays probably more it has more impact than people want to believe it has even though again people know injuries and luck play a big part but it's like just when you look at these teams that are winning the Super Bowl, it's it's teams that are that are super healthy and, and outlier levels of healthy generally.
0: Okay, so Sliz, before we move on, I think Fishbirds just brought up a really interesting point that I want to pick your brain a little bit on. So the Rams had elite play at elite positions from elite players in the postseason, right? I think that's yes. that's very fair to say. If you look at the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, we if we're going to assume is an elite elite player. Garrett Wilson can certainly be an elite player. If you take all of the Jets' defensive edge, all their edge rushers, you know you probably have one elite and a half elite players, right? Quinnen Williams, obviously, I think he if he continues to ascend, he'll be an elite player. Sauce Gardner, defensive player of the year, elite player.
1: I I think we I what What do you think?
0: Like I the, think the, the chips think are there. Our
1: I think if our roster played that Rams roster, we'd have a really good chance, because I I think we're we have similar elite elite pieces. Maybe not as good. Like Quinnan's not Aaron Donald that year. Sauce you would like to think is Jalen Ramsey, but it, it's year two, right? It's too early to know whether he's consistently that. Right. Rodgers, you you hope reverts back to more of that MVP form as opposed to what he was last year. So it's like, yeah, we have the pieces. What we're missing, we don't we don't have Andrew Whitworth at. Left tackle, right. right. We have a dude that's as old as Andrew Whitworth right. was, but our dude's coming off a big injury. Instead of Andrew Whitworth playing like an absolute stud, right? right? So that's the one spot. And we don't you you want Jermaine Johnson? You want one of these edge guys to be that guy that dictates protection? I I don't think we have that yet, and we make up for it in numbers, which is okay. But yeah, you don't have that guy where it's third and eight. And we need to get a stop. I don't quite trust our guys to get home. Yet. This is
0: Bryce. This is Bryce. Huffer erasure. is what this is. I don't appreciate a that. A little I don't bit. I appreciate that. All right. So let's move on to this week's geek of the week. And it's not much of a secret. If you listen to this opening segment, the runway rundown on this program, uh, Joe Douglas, general manager of your New York football jets. <sighs> Ooh, buddy. I, I mean, we've been pretty critical of Douglas. I, I think we've also been pretty fair of Douglas, right? He's had some hits in some spots. You, you say he wins the waiver wire pretty regularly, which is, which is fair. Uh, the offensive line, he's poured tons of resources into it and still tons of question marks. Right. So it's like adding Dalvin cook on this contract. And, and listen, it's one year, you know, if he, it's one year and, Brees Hall gets back and he, he gets back to form quick, ultimately, you're okay, right? Like you're okay, you feel okay about it because he'll just kind of fade off into the background, you know, running back to Michael Carter's or change of pace back. Bam knight is bagging groceries or on the practice squad or something, right? So, but it still feels, and I said this a couple times, it feels like Douglas was bidding against himself. And you've said multiple times on this podcast, you've said in the Discord. It always feels like Douglas loses on the edges, right? He loses on the margins, um, and this is another another case. So, really, not much of a surprise to say that D- Joe Douglas is this week's geek of the week.
1: Yeah. No, no gold, Joe. No, no hollow, Joe. No woolen, Joe. This is <laughs> this is straight straight wood, <laughs> straight pure pine wood, and I mean, you said it right, and and. I know all, all lots of straight wood. Yeah, I can't, it's a running back. It's we're all in. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, it just, it it is (laughs) in the big picture. It's inconsequential for the most part, right? He's, he's probably an upgrade to running back too. I really don't think he matters at all relative to what we had, but it's, like if this was four million, five million, it's like okay, whatever, right? We upgrade, you move on. But it's like, man, how did we get to eight point six million? Right. Like I just right. don't understand right. how we got to this point. Right. And the thing I was, is, it's
0: I, when I saw eight point six, I'm like, oh well, they gave him like a four million dollar guarantee, yeah. or a five million dollar guarantee, and and tack on like three million dollars of phony money, right? Monopoly money. But then you hear it's like a seven million dollar base, and like one point six in incentives. Like, what are the incentives? Like I don't know. I don't, know. I don't then,
1: know. So so fuzzy did a little research, and and this is the the second largest APY contract to a running back in August since I think he said
0: 2016.
1: Marshawn Lynch with Seattle. I think that was an extension. And then um, another another podcast I listen to is NFL Draft Draft Dudes, right? And um, Kyle Krabs who does Locked On Dolphins did some research on the running back running back market in the wake of this whole running back don't matter epidemic if, if you're a, a running back fan. Um, and since 2014, so the past decade, the two largest APY running back contracts, number one, Le'Veon Bell. Number two, Dalvin Cook. And these are these are these are running backs that change teams, right? So guys that are re-upping their own guys, they're re upping their own guys because they're good. Guys that are hit it. It's more speaking to the guys that are hitting the market. The J, the Jets for some reason are paying top dollar. And um, uh, let's I'll leave it at. Let's hope it ages better than LeVeon Bell.
0: Yep. Uh interesting from uh, I Step on Midgets here. JD signed Chester Rat. So uh I don't know. That, that... Flame, baby. Yep, Joe, and, uh, Doug,
1: Joe Douglas on the waivers is a different beast. He he is an animal on waivers. If if Joe Douglas did nothing but waiver claims, we we would have a team of all pros.
0: There's another one, Anthony Luchardi. Uh, Douglas is just pro labor and wanted to make sure at least one running back got their bag. <laughs> yeah. Why did it have to be us though, man? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is this is the long game to correct the running back market so everyone else pays. And then just in time, we'll end up giving Brees this massive bag just for him to hit his <laughs> five year regression and fall yep. off a cliff.
0: Yep. Love to see it. Love to see it, Sliss. <laughs> you just love to see it, right? <laughs> All right, so let's move on. This is the flight plan. Um, all right, so so this uh, preseason week three versus the Buccaneers, I don't think anybody's expecting much of anything from the Buccaneers this year. I'm expecting Todd Bowles to be filing for unemployment at some point between now and the start of 2024. Uh, what, what do you, there's only one joint practice this week, so we're really not going to learn much either way. Salah said that, you know, that he wants to keep guys safe. He wants to keep them healthy, which is why they canceled one, which is like – then why even have a joint practice like why go through why go through the rigmarole you know like what's the point you know
1: so i, I wonder if we would have done that if we weren't having the issues on the o-line that we've right. had right yeah. where you have really three of the guys that you'd want to be your top guys and dwayne brown avt and mckay back then all in limbo. i'll call i'll say in limbo
0: right. <laughs> so what are we expecting from this from this upcoming preseason game is there i mean who's I mean, gonna play who's gonna play what i don't what what position battles are left i don't really it feels like it the roster is mostly solidified right you, like
1: you just need whatever to sort itself out on the offensive lines the big thing a, right uh-huh. I, I expect most players to play um hopefully you get avt out there at least for a little bit to get some uh, especially if we're starting tipman Like if that if that's the leap we're finally making this year to put to have Tipman kind of crack the starting lineup, you want him working alongside Avt, getting a little bit of that communication down, right? Um, All in all, you hope that we crush the Bucks like we crushed Carolina, right? Maybe not, no doubt that big of a blowout, but it's a team that is a little bit gutless punchless now they still have some good players at a couple spots they still have a vita Vea. they still have a mike evans a chris godwin but they're they're arrow pointing down they should be in the 1.0 race for a Kalen williams or a, a drake may um yeah we we should do what we did to carolina and show we are we are a super bowl contender and, and you are not
0: i i want to be careful how i say this i almost feel bad for todd bowles i mean i don't because like what we saw from the buccaneers last year is what we saw with the jets right it's like every i don't like to be the like i hate the national media guy but like tons of people in the national media were like oh well jets fans are stupid they don't know you know todd is a great coach like he's a good man like this and that like it was the
1: jets fall fall. yeah
0: listen to be fair mike mccagnon was a disaster right like the rosters were bad but Part of Bruce Arians leaving and, and appointing him, Bulls' heir apparent, was he didn't want to leave him with a bad job, right? That's that's what he said. And listen, Bulls inherited a pretty talented roster. He inherited Tom Brady, you know, like good good team last year. But you saw it; like at times, it just looked like they were sleepwalking. Like there was no fire, there was no anything. And you always hear in the NFL, the team takes on the personality of the coach. Is usually the way it goes, right? So seeing more a little bit sleepiness from Todd and it does the numbers don't look good for him moving forward i I don't think he'll have a job after this year in a particularly weak nfc south like it's nothing about that division is is scaring you really um
1: it it blew my mind their offensive regression right we were having a argument about where green bay stacked up and uh, as an offense last year and the (laughs) took a took a rabbit hole down into the points scored last year, Tampa Bay was bottom 10 points scored with, with a still pretty good looking Tom Brady. Right. And, and yeah, that, that team was lifeless. You got all the classic Todd Bowles clock management punt punt versus go for it. Decision-making not great.
0: Not great. Not great. Glad that's over. I guess we should say, all right, Sliz. So let's bring it in it for landing. This is the landing strip. What's on your mind, my friend? It's been it's been busy.
1: It's been fantasy football, busy. man. I, I you do you fantasy. don't partake, right?
0: I don't. I don't do the fantasy, man. I I, I played know. I played fantasy football once. Um, I auto drafted because my laptop sucked and it couldn't it wouldn't let me draft. Um, you're that guy. Just, <laughs> it's just not for me, man. It's just not for me. You know, I just That's like all right. I don't know. Maybe I'll get into it. It's just like, it's another thing I got to worry about. I got to do the rosters. I got to, you know, it's just not for me. Not no, for me. That's all right. You're in hey, like 10 leagues. All right.
1: I'm, I think I'm in five this year, but so with, with Judd's discord, we had to sign up. We have, I think it'll be six full redraft leagues, all with unique players. So that's 72 Jets Cordies in, uh in, in twelve man leagues, then we mm. have we we just just did a startup for our third dynasty league with mostly unique players, and then we have a, a best ball league. So man, we Judge Discord is popping with fantasy leagues, and yeah. and yeah, it's that time that's that time of year where the drafts are popping. And best of luck to you all, those who partake. Best of luck. Yeah, I don't. I'm don't sorry for the early drafters that drafted either Dalvin Cook or. Or Brees.
0: Yeah. Or Ramondre Stevenson, too.
1: Yeah, or Ramondre, He's going to get vultured by a fat Zeke.
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. I I can't do the fantasy. (laughs) It's hard for me to pay attention to everything going on. I think that's part of it. I just like having to root for certain players, like to play well against my team. If they're out of my fantasy, like I can't do that. You know,
1: I'm a little bit of an old head in that way. Feels a little bit dirty rooting against the Jets every now and then because you want your player to feel to do well. Yeah, I can't do it. It it was easier in the tank years when we sucked. This year, oh, yeah, supposed to be good. It'll be tough,
0: right? (laughs) You can't do it. So, uh, as mentioned on the podcast last week, I I built this fancy computer and I've been uh, really starting to get into the PC gaming. Man, Uh, I've been playing Counter Strike. You know, I know I'm like the last one on the bus when it comes to Counter Strike, but I've been playing Counter Strike ahead of Counter Strike 2 coming out, and man. It's addictive. Let me tell you, this game is freaking addictive and I understand why I I get it. You know, um, PC gamers are just, are just a different breed though. I had one guy in a lobby who was just like, he just kept singing the same opening word to firework by Katy Perry. Like the same, like, have you ever, did you ever feel like a, like a plastic bag? Like he just kept singing over and over. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, these PC dudes are weird, man. They, they, they just got like after console gaming online for years, it's like, I thought I was used to it, but no, these guys are, these guys are strange. I mean, I suck. I suck too. a counter strike. So that's, that's the other part of it. But um, PC gaming, man, who knew?
1: What is he? Oh doing? yeah. Oh, I've, I've known. I've been, <laughs> I've been a PC gamer my whole life, man. Have
0: you played Baldur's gate three yet? Because that's the no. big
1: one. Yeah. I don't have, t- I don't have time for that. That's mm-hmm. the problem is, like i feel like every year there's a lot of games i want to play a lot of them are like those big sprawling rpg type games mm-hmm. it would take me a year to yep. like in little hour snippets each night it's 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 tough
0: that was kind of me with uh, with um uh, legend of zelda came out the new one tears mm-hmm. of the kingdom and i'm like i'm going to start it when i'm on paternity leave because i'll like the baby sleeping all the time and like i'll i'll be and then i just didn't yeah, like I played a couple. I played like ten hours of it, and then it's just been kind of sitting there. And now, like, oh, my wife wants to spend time with me, and the baby's sleeping, and well, like now you're putting in
1: now like, you're putting in eight hours of CS:GO every night. And... You know,
0: <laughs> I'm getting it in when I can. You know, like he goes down for a little forty-five minute nap. That's good for like one round of of Counter Strike, and then it's like again, I get in the, I get lathered up, and I get in the groove, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, he's screaming again, man, what the hell! But uh, you know, I wouldn't trade wouldn't trade yeah. that for the world.
1: So, you, you just need to play more, man. Just need to play more.
0: I'll just sit him on my lap next time. Is what I'll do. I'll just have him on the keys. I have him on the mouse, and I'll be on the keys. We'll see. See how it works out. All right, so so as as we do, we are going to introduce our preseason contest, of which you can win one jet jersey of your choosing. Jersey, that is not jersey. <laughs> one jet jersey, because we, you know we don't have money in the
1: budget for this, but in- including including Chesterette, I think. Do they have custom ones? I don't uh, (laughs) know. They definitely definitely don't carry that (laughs) big
0: But uh all right, so so here's this year's contest. Last time we did a contest, we did a name name a uh name a unit of the Jets contest, which is pretty cool. But this year it's gonna be a little bit a little bit different. I take inspiration from a wrestling podcast that I listen to, and they often do limerick contests. And if you're unfamiliar with the limerick, think uh think there once was a man from Nantucket. So for this contest. Put together an original limerick about the Jets and you'll enter yourself in a chance to win a jersey. So I'll give you an example. This one is, you know, a little tangentially related, but uh, here here goes my example. So you guys get an idea. There once was a QB named Justin with whom lots of Jets fans were lusting. Good thing he's real fast since his game is all ass and soon his first name will be Bustin. So there you go.
1: There we go. So
0: you know, a little poetry. We'll,
1: that.
0: You know. So uh, so yeah, just put together a limerick. We'll open up a thread on on Discord, or you can email it to us, or you know, get it to us how you how you please, and we'll read them on the air uh, after. And the deadline will be the before the start of the show next Tuesday. So you have a week to get it in, and winner will be randomly selected of which ones we like the most. So, uh, you know, get get involved, man. Jetscord is fun, and you know, you, you're a poet and you don't even know it. So, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to be had this, this upcoming season. A lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah. But hopefully, hopefully a lot of fun. Hopefully a lot of fun.
0: Hopefully. A lot of I don't fun. know is that, uh, that
1: uh, Aaron Rodgers calf cramp into seven straight incompletions yep. or whatever. Yep. Didn't feel great.
0: Was it the same? Do we know if it was the same calf that he hurt earlier I in think the preseason? they said
1: it was the other one. Right. I think I saw that.
0: I was, the funny thing is I was looking at his calves recently and I'm like, he's got some pretty built calf muscles. So like, you know. It's a little weird, but it is what it is. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star review where applicable. It really helps us with something. Obviously, we're now available on YouTube, and we're live on Tuesday nights at YouTube.com slash at JetFuel Podcast. Please join Please join in the chat. We've obviously been having a lot of fun doing this. Please subscribe to our channel as well if you haven't. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you on Twitter?
1: Yep, at Sliz underscore NYJ.
0: As always, you can send us an email at jet fuel discord podcast at gmail.com and join the Discord. Sliz, how can the people join hey, the Discord?
1: Discord.gg slash NYJets. Come, uh, Come celebrate, live, live on every snap with your fellow Jets fans. You know, either either we're back or it's over. Yep. Oh, press, I just, press the button.
0: I just realized we didn't do Hard Knocks. We didn't do the Hard Knocks review for this week. Any any quick thoughts on Hard Knocks before we log off here? Did you watch
1: Hard, no, hard Knocks? Cleared one Jets drive so hard it's not even funny, man. Yeah, one Jets hard, drive. Hard Knocks was, was off. good. Hard Knocks was jet, good.
0: One Jets drive has fallen off quite a bit, and like Hard Knocks is not what it used to be. But it was like an enjoyable watch i'll say Man. that
1: it's good uh it's good to turn your brain off and get hyped for the season content. right that's about
0: it yeah yeah i it, I, th- I wonder i'm curious if like the one jets drive people were told like hey we got to save some content for for hbo I'm, i'd be curious but uh Come it here. was you know hard knocks one one jets drive zero so
1: hey I'm, I'm looking i'm looking forward to uh to some more solo wordsmith in episode two man crows eagles they they started off with some some classic ward smith action man
0: crows eagles i just he's a weirdo sometimes man he's there are
1: are we are we allowed to fade out on the uh hall of fame game ratings clearing the average of the nba playoffs
0: we can we can nba is a dead product i'll go there
1: nfl zombies <laughs> show up for their sport man
0: it's true hey i was i was watching so
1: yeah, well, of course
0: and hopefully you will be watching fair viewer on the next week next edition of the jetfield jets discord podcast for matt salard i am joe rivera reminding you you can't take flight without jet fuel